Welcome to the Beyond the Massacre podcast with Cam Lee. I'm your host, Pete Sludge Monster 76. Get ready to hear the untold story of the history of death metal, the truth they don't want you to know, the version they don't want you to hear, from the man himself, Cam Lee. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beyond the Massacre podcast. So I'd like to welcome everybody to this episode of the Beyond the Massacre podcast. This is episode number 40, and I'm actually re-recording this intro because this was supposed to be episode 39. But then, as you've heard this week, you've actually got an episode uh, two days ago, which was episode 39, which was the Elephant in the Room episode. And this episode is Cam's reaction to the Pat from Hellwitch uh, episode. Cam doesn't, so Cam doesn't get the, Cam usually gets an advanced copy of it. I, I usually send him the link, but I forgot to. So uh, Cam heard it when you guys heard it. So uh, Mr. Lee. Yeah, this, uh, this morning. Yeah, exactly. So Mr. Lee, how did, uh, how did you like the uh, Pat from Hellwitch interview? I, I liked it a lot. It's very informative. Had a lot of laughs. Uh, really reminded me of a lot of stuff. And was kind of good to hear that I'm not the only problem, you know, person out there with problems when it comes to bands. But I do want to say this: uh, you had just just now mentioned it. I think a lot of people think when you do a podcast, you know what's going to happen, you know what's going to drop. Everyone's involved <laughs> in the podcast. Of course, you're there in Germany. You do the you do the interviews, which um, you know I'm I'm I pop in in between the interviews. I, I figured two things, uh, and I, I want to explain this because. Uh, I think Edward Jari actually asked me this, and a couple other people asked me this, why am I not there for the interviews? And I will tell you from my perspective, I talked to you about this, but why I don't want to be there really for the interviews that much. Yeah. Because the interviews are not about me. They're not about me, and I don't want the focus. When you're doing interviews, I don't want the focus to be on me. So, And I don't want people to be shy away from, not that they would, not somebody like Pat would, but I don't want anybody kind of like uh, turning it around and the, the the podcast be about just me and yes the podcast is called beyond the massacre it is about my history as well but when you do interviews with specific people i want it to be about those people and i felt i always felt that if i was there i would distract them and i i felt it's better if you're there you're kind of like that you know you're third person i'm, I'm just a fly on the wall you know so um that's what it comes to i get to listen to them later Unfortunately, uh, like uh, you had mentioned this time, you didn't send me an advance. I got to listen to it like, with the same time that everyone else got. To. Oopsie, my bad. Cool. It's cool. It's fine. It's right. I've been really so busy anyways. I probably wouldn't have had the chance to listen to it. Waking up and listening to it while I'm making coffee was like the perfect time. So I'm sat down, made coffee, you know, started it and got through my breakfast. And I, I just finished up. And I, I texted you while I was listening to it and said, this is brilliant. This is awesome. This is fucking brilliant. And that's why we're recording this segment right now. Yeah. I, I, because I, there's like a lot. Of no, go, go ahead. So I just want to say it was, that was, and it was a conscious decision from both our parts from the very beginning to um, not have you involved in some of the interviews. Now we have some stuff probably coming up in the future where you're going to be involved because I think it, it serves the interview better. And I think the interview we did yeah. with when we had you and Dave on was great because you two, you know, have very similar experiences with a lot of stuff, but you know um, you haven't heard it yet, but the um, uh, Eduardo from uh, behavior, 
Um, he, yeah. w- without even having you on the podcast, he talked uh, on the interview, he talked a lot about the influence Massacre had on him and how much those early demo days, uh, you know, influenced everything, you know, and it was, you know, at the beginning, yeah, the podcast really was about, it was about, you know, your history with everything. And as things have evolved, it's, you know, become basically almost like a history of, you know, of friends that Cam knows, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, people we can get on the podcast. Or people, not necessarily, yeah, well, I mean, it's not necessarily like Edward Jari, for example, right. Eduardo. Right. I, I call him Edward. So Eduardo Jari, I, I know him through personally. Right. You know, right. you know, it's not really like I, I've hung out with him. And there's people that I've influenced. And I think a lot of like Eduardo, for example, we've become friends. Yeah. Um, from fandom. You know, he was a fan who reached out, talked to me, talked to me a lot. I do that a lot. You know, I don't have. Yes, I will say it. Yes, there are those occasional annoying fans that you're like, oh, I've got this guy again. I mean, I'm not going to lie or this girl again, like really. But everybody has that. Um, but I try not to be, uh, you know, a dick. I try to like answer everybody at one point uh, at, or another, um, regardless of how inane some of the questions could be. Or, you know, of course, if they're if they're trying to get me, if they're triggering questions or something like that, yeah, I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to answer you. I'm just going to leave you. I'm just going to ignore you. But if there are genuine questions where I could see, okay, this guy's just really just try to, I don't know, make a connection. I try my best to answer those questions, you know, so uh, that's literally how a lot of my uh, associates that I know now started off. They started off as, a, as fans that reached out. And then I guess what's really, you know, kind of for me is kind of neat and it's not an ego thing, but I, I kind of see it is when I answer these fans back and they're so surprised and they'll say, Thank you for answering me back so quickly. I'm, I'm, it's almost like they're surprised that I'm answering them back um, because maybe, I don't know, maybe they've reached out to other people and maybe those other people have ignored them or the other people will make them kind of belittle them. And I never want to come across as a guy like that. Like that you know. And if I do, it's not intentional. I apologize if I've ever done that. But I try to treat everybody equally and, and normally until you ask me a triggered question or inane asinine question that has absolutely nothing to do with music whatsoever you know or something like what's my favorite baloney or something well i mean what <laughs> why are you asking me that my baloney you know, has okay. a first name it's o-s-c-a-r <laughs> do Ger- do, i mean i would think germans know what baloney is because it is a sausage isn't baloney a german word no, but no, no, no. Baloney isn't a German word, and they do have a they do have a form of baloney, but it's not called it's not called baloney. But yes, it it tastes exactly like baloney. Uh, you can fry it oh, like baloney. Oh. It tastes it 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 tastes. I know you don't you don't like it because I gave you something. Oh. Uh, everyone else in the band ate, and then I you know when I came to pick guys up from the airport, and that was labor case, and uh, you didn't like it so much. I think everyone else dug it, but uh, yeah, I've always kind of described it as. You know, if you get it that when it's cooked right, it kind of tastes like a fried bologna. But yeah, it's it's. I guess it's an acquired taste, and it took me a while to get used to it. So yeah, it wasn't. For yeah, you. I'm not. I'm not. A, I mean, yes, we. I, and that's probably why I don't like it. Is is if you grew up as poor as we did. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fried bologna like, sandwiches, man. Like, yeah, that was like the curriculum. I got so fucking sick <sighs> of eating that shit. I'm like, I'm never yeah. eating that and Vienna sausages. 
I oh, fucking hate those little yeah. BM sauces, little canned ones. Yeah, Ugh, no, I, I cannot I, stand those. I, I won't do those. And dude, you know how I knew it was a good day for us is if I got like the fried bologna, and you know when you fry it on one side, and it basically makes that pocket, you know, and it kind of curls up on the sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My mom sometimes would yep. throw some cheese in there. And, you know, you basically have like a, a yeah. melted cheese inside of fucking fried bologna. Dude, that's what I knew. It was a good day to be Pete. Yeah. It, it became sort of like the, the little the, the little hill. Yes. Uh, and then you turn it upside down. <laughs> yes. And uh, you had be- to be careful. Like you could. My mom used to cut a little triangle out of it. Did you? Oh, yes. That? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of give, so it kind of breathed. Yeah. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't turn into a hill as much. <laughs> Uh, shit yeah yeah yeah. but you know that talking about that you know i think people um i think people are sometimes surprised probably when you do write them back just because you know a a lot of the uh, a lot of the misconception you know uh about you and you know kind of the reputation some people have given you in the scene (laughs) is probably why some people are surprised i mean you know it's 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 kind of funny and you know you see it too when you when you meet people after shows you know a lot of times you see um they're genuinely i I won't say surprised but i think sometimes they're kind of uh taken back because you are honest to god people i i can promise you i've spent enough time around cam at this point you generally are a really nice person when you meet them when you meet someone in person and like you said i've seen you take on the you know the annoying questions with a smile and you know you give people a chance and you know if they keep going then that's different but you know it's you are generally a people person when you meet them and their fans and i think that probably sometimes sets a lot of people back because they probably don't expect that i guess yeah i mean i i, I admit a part a lot of it is you know partially my fault especially like in the early like myspace days and then the the very first uh, Facebook days. I mean, like I said, I'm on my fifth Facebook personal page, but, but, uh, I used to, and I still do now. I mean, I still do it. I'll, I'll post, I'll post, uh, very misanthropic, very cynical, very, uh, nihilistic post, you know, how I'm, how much I hate humanity. And I do, I do. I actually do. I hate, I hate humans. I hate, I think we're just a fucking virus on this planet, but, um, I don't like, I think people think I must walk around every day grumbling <laughs> you know like some old man like, like just walking through the grocery store <laughs> yeah I, I think that's what the, the 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 conception of what people think i must that, that haven't met me must think I'm lying because, because my post come and I, you know what it is i wake up i wake up from sleep which is one of the most you know you know sleep it's sleep you know you wake up from sleep when you finally just get that deep sleep and of course i have to take melatonin to get that deep sleep i i I can't get there on my own but um you know you wake up and then it's like ah yeah and then you're like fuck you know (laughs) it's like oh i was in a peaceful place and now i'm back here and so the very first thing like i said i wake up a lot to do a lot of my post in the morning or like i said i listen to a lot of the the podcast or whatever in the morning and it doesn't take me within the first 15 minutes to get annoyed with humanity. Yeah. I, mean, you, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't, scroll. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't you, scroll. That's you need, you need to be blocked from your social medias for like the first two hours that you're awake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did that this morning other than the show. So I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm not really gonna pick up my phone. Okay. I'm gonna go out. Yeah. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out. I'm going to start my day without getting on the phone. I left the phone over on a charger um, I got up, I got the wife up cause it's her day off. And I said, Hey, what are you doing? You're on your phone. And she's like, I'm just looking. I'm like, no, 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 no. Today's no phone day. 
of course I broke that because I went and got it because I wanted to listen to the podcast and I was like, you know what? I'll listen to it on my phone. That way I can walk around with it rather than just have to sit and, and or annoy everybody else with it. Cause I could just put my, my headphones in and, and walk around with the phone. That's what eventually I did. But I did wake up and said, I'm not touching the phone today. Um, and, uh, you know, it was good. I, I, I didn't get annoyed today. <laughs> so, I mean, I, today's a day I did not get annoyed because I didn't look on the phone. But I enjoyed the podcast, which is where we're talking right now about Pat's podcast. And, I, I mean, there's some points I really want to point out. Yeah. So. And yeah, so why don't you do that? Why don't you go through the, why don't you talk about the stuff that you, uh, that, 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 that brought back memories for you when you were listening to the podcast? Cause I, I know there was a lot well, of stuff in there when I was listening to it. I was like, dude, this is just brilliant. It's gold. It's fucking gold. And, and what, what's, what's, you know, and then it's not to put Pat in any bad light whatsoever. It's just to basically say, man, it's so nice to hear somebody else <laughs> as old as I am have similar, you know, similar, you know, he didn't go into details, which was great. He didn't go into details. He didn't get nitpicky. He just said the facts, which is, that's the part of the show. And it was, it was, it, I almost want to say it's a relief, but it's not, you know, it's not for, obviously not for Pat and everything he's gone, gone through, but it's almost kind of a, like a relief to say, wow, I'm not the only guy in this scene as old as i am as old as pat is that's had similar issues now pat's been lucky and not had a bunch of narcissistic whiny cry babies that ran to blabbermouth to basically gaslight and shit talk about them <laughs> obviously he hasn't had that but he's obviously had issues now it's funny you guys had mentioned that it was drummers um he's obviously had a lot of issues with drummers i've never really had too much issues with drum maybe because i'm a drummer myself uh, <laughs> Wait, um, you can't have an issue Billy, with yourself. Well, no, yeah, I can't. Well, I can't have an issue with myself. But you know, Billy was the only, and I can't really count that as well because I don't think I didn't have. I, at first, I didn't have a personal issue with Billy, but Billy's, you know, I'm not talking shit about him, but he's in a completely different, you know, mindset, galaxy, far, far away, Jesus, Bible thumping, you know, believing that the apocalypse is coming, living in Japan, trying to escape the nuclear war which is ironic, by the way. <laughs> so, um, and I don't mean that in any way bad. It's just ironic that you would move to the place that actually did get nuked, but, you know, during World War II. But um, anyways, the point is, I never had a problem with, with me, but it was funny listening that Pat's issues, and you had brought up issues that's always been about drummers. So I do want to mention one thing about that. And you guys had hit something very, very great on the, right on the nose about the drumming thing. I think Pat mentioned it. You, you were there. You, you heard it. He was right about one thing. You either get drummers that are fantastic, amazingly skilled, and they're fucking weird wackos. <laughs> they're fucking, they got m mental issues. Or, or you get other drummers that think they're great, but they suck. Oh, those are, those are <laughs> my favorite. Those are my favorite personally yeah, right there. Not, yeah, I don't want to say that they suck, but they, they just don't have the, like Pat said, they, didn't have the, they don't have the skill level. And especially for somebody like Hell, which is a little bit more technical and stuff, you don't when they don't have the skill level to do certain certain things, or but they think they do, <laughs> you know, you know. Or I love the there have been I've had a couple drummers. I have one specific drum. I'm not gonna you know point them out, but it wasn't even in Massacre or any of the well known bands where he kept saying, um, I'll, "I'll get it, I'll get it next time, I'll, I'll get it." 
Give me another chance. I'll get it. You ever have one of those kind of oh, dude, things where, dude, I'll get it. Those, <laughs> those are the worst. Dude, when you're just trying, you know, to come back from a break or go into a break or something like that, and it's just not working, and you go over it yeah. and over it, and you're literally beating your head against the wall going, I don't get it. It's freaking simple. It's dot, yeah. dot, 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 boom. And yeah. it's like, da, da, boom. And you're like, wow, listen to me. And I mean, dude, there have been literally times where yeah. I feel like an orchestra conductor and I'm sitting there staring at the drummer going, you know, waving your arms, waving your arms. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Or no, what's worse is the, 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 the tempo, the, the, the tempo, the, the, you know, cause they're, they're basically running out of steam when they're, if it's like a double bass part or it's a, you know, even, even a close to blast part or, or a botcha part. And it starts at one tempo at the beginning, and then suddenly, which Billy did that on the fucking From Beyond album, and I'm not going to shy away from it. That it's the, the the riff starts at one tempo, and everything's at one tempo, and all of a sudden it's like two tempos slow. So it like starts at like 120 BPMs, and all of a sudden by the time you get to the end of the riff, it's at 118 or 117 BPMs because he's running out of steam. Rather than just saying, "Look, let's go back and fix that," he's like, "Nah, forget it. That was the one take you get, and that's it." so yeah. i've had that i've had that yeah yeah, yeah. I, so and that was with billy so i have had those kind of issues with drummers but what i'm talking about is the personal issues um obviously that pat <laughs> had you know <laughs> he's had personal issues with drummers i don't know if you had personal issues with your drummer um but uh my personal issues of course have always been narcissistic guitar players guitar you know? players you you seem to have an yeah. issue with guitar players man I do. I do not all of them, though. I mean, I got, I got. You know, I like I said, I've been playing with Rogo the longest. Yeah, uh, but but you Cam, know. you know the differences. Yeah, you I don't, don't, I, we you, don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't meet. You don't hang out together. You don't have to have personal interaction with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I love that that fact. That's another thing too. We'll, we'll have to talk about. <laughs> I a love different that one day. fact. I love the fact that I don't have to see I, you. Yeah, I, I do. I, I I work better. I told my wife this a long time ago. I work better. I am not one of those. Let's get together every weekend and hang out in the fucking garage. I never was. I mean, even going back to the day, I never thought that we had to practice every single weekend. And it's not because I felt like I was that much better or I was that good. It's just like, I don't want to fucking see you. I really don't. I don't, man, I just saw you two days ago. Did we got to hang out again? I'm always been that way. I like my friends at an arm's length. Um, I appreciate them. But I like them better when they're across the ocean. <laughs> they get along better with people <laughs> oh, when there's an ocean in between us. I do. I do. <laughs> dude, we get along. Dude, we get along like gangbusters. And then you know, when we see yeah. each other, everything's good. So yeah, I mean, it, maybe yeah, if we did yeah, hang, exactly. maybe I get along. I got another. I got another friend, long distance friend, Robert Darling, who I'll mention on here. Right. He lives yeah. up all the way in North Dakota. You know, we're great friends because why? Because he's not down the street. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I always think about this. I was like, oh, you know, because he's mentioned a couple of times, like, he wants to move here. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That'd be cool. Don't expect me to hang out with you every day. <laughs> just like I'm thinking, I don't want to see you every day. I mean, once in a while is fine. But I, I'm, I'm that way with everybody, even my wife. You know, I crawl out here because I don't want to be around her every day. <laughs> I'm like, she could be in the next room over. And I'm like, I'm in my own space. Leave me alone. But she gets her own space and she likes it. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and and you you two you two exist good like that. You know what I mean? And it's you have to find that perfect person that you know that works like that. And you know, when it comes to music, I gotta say, you do work really well um, 
in the situation that you have. And I, I'm always impressed when you write me, you're like, yeah, hey, I'm going out and I'm going to, you know, going to, you know, record some vocals today. And then literally like three or four hours later, I get a completed song with vocals. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, now that's how it works because normally you don't get that. You know, normally when you live in the same area with the band, you get together, you record, you know, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse, but you know, you literally get a finished song or a nearly finished song. And then you basically, you know, just when you have time and you feel like it and you are inspired, then you sit down and record your vocals. And I mean, it really does work for you. I'm, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but you, really 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 work really good in the situation you have yeah. which 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 shows man i mean it really shows in the in the in the writing of your lyrics and it really shows in your recording of your vocals because i mean i i don't know if i could do it the way you do it but it's fucking awesome i love the way you do it yeah i mean i i, I when mike borders was in the band he talked about stuff about like you know it should be a group effort it should be everybody there uh together uh not doing this but you know i worked it, the difference is is who I'm working with now, if somebody else comes in new and you've, you've been witness to this, I've had a couple new people write me material and I let you listen to it. Um, and these people are people that I respect, but when they sent me new material, it just didn't click. And I, I told you that I remember like, I don't know about this, man. Check this song out from, I'm not going to put any, throw anybody under the bus, but you know, I've worked with different, many people cause I'm always, I'm always looking to work with different musicians Yeah. with Roga. However, we've worked so well together for so long since 2007, we know what works. We know what clicks. Yeah. And if there's something like what, sometimes with Johnny, Johnny gets it, but sometimes there's some songs that Johnny, like recently, um, I, I, I told yeah. Johnny, I said, one of those songs isn't going to work. Um, let's fix it. So he went back and rewrote a new song, which was brilliant. And what, what it is, is you got guys that can follow notes really well, can take corrective criticism. And that's the biggest point. That's the biggest point. When you have someone to, to, that takes direction well and corrective criticism without getting all upset and getting their feelings hurt and wearing their feelings on the sleeve. And when you go in and you say, look, you know, this, this riff might be a little bit too happy, or this riff is not played long enough. And then they get, if they get very defensive about that, which that's, that's a situation where you find you're in a room with somebody and they get defensive about that. It's going to become ugly. It's going to yeah. turn ugly because they think you're critiquing them personally. Right. And when not it's the music. Not, it's like, yeah. It's, it's like, no, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to make it better. And then if you even say that, it's like, look, I'm just trying to find something that works, makes it better. Then they feel even more insulted because they take it as like, oh, so you're saying I'm not good enough. And I'm like, oh man, are you a fucking woman now? Are we going here? Are yeah. we really going here? I'm like, I'm pleased. You know, and I don't mean to offend women because there's some women out there that are a lot tougher <laughs> than a lot of men. And a lot of women would like t you know, yell at this guy, go quit being a fucking pussy. You know, there's women out there that's that, that that I'm showcasing on the new album that you know smoke a lot of these guys that think they're just hot shit. Yeah. You know, and I'm bringing these women in because I'm like, these women are skilled. Yeah. And I, you know, Francesca, for example, yeah. Francesca did a fantastic lead. Not only did she do the lead, she sent the, she sent the, when she sent her files, right. she sent them the correct way. Yeah. I didn't have to go back and say, Hey, nah, we need it like this way or this way. She knew what to do. She sent the DI direct file. She sent a clean file, not, you know, not ripping on somebody, but you know, I've had guitar players that have no idea when I tell them, can you just do it clean? And they're like, well, you mean clean with yeah. no effects? 
I'm like, yeah, I mean, we'll put our own effects. Oh, well, I don't think I could play that way. And I'm like, oh, we'll just do the lead however you need to do it. Yeah. And we'll work it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I've literally had to do that. And I'm like, okay, these guys are calling themselves <laughs> professional. I'm I'm scratching. I'm I'm literally rubbing this my temples and I've got both hands over my face. I'm like, oh, these guys are consulting themselves professional. And I know more and I'm not the most professional guy. I'm I'm learning as I'm going. Yeah. I don't know this. But I know I retain what I learn, what people have taught me. I've learned a lot from Rob Ryder, who who, you know. Like I said, we should have on the show eventually. Rob started off as my engineer back in 2007, back when I started working with Roga. Rob has been there from the beginning, and he was, you know, he was a he was a teacher at Full Sail, you know, at Full Sail. He was a, a professor, you know. He's gone on to do great things. He helps us. He helps Massacre. He's the guy that composes all of the intros and all the cool like movie soundtrack type stuff that we use. That's all Rob Ryder. And Rob lives, he moved from Florida, he now lives in California, he works on movies, he works on video games, you know, he does a lot of stuff. So I learned a lot from Rob. I learned a lot and I retained a lot when I went into studios and learned and I always was there, kind of like a fly on the wall, always curious to like what the next thing was doing. Now I can't sit down and mix an album. I, I, I will admit that and I have and work with people that could and can do it. Johnny is brilliant because Johnny not only plays guitar in Massacre, writes the music, but he also is now mixing and mastering stuff. So I will sit there and listen to his stuff, give him some ideas, give him some notes. But a lot of times Johnny's just right there. Johnny surprises me. An example, the last couple of songs, which you got to hear, Johnny did amazing mix on my vocals and he added effects little light effects you know like not an um, oversaturation of effects but just enough to give it that old school 80s flair that i was and i didn't even have to go and tell him what to do he just did it on his own and i was like i had to congratulate him yesterday i was like johnny what you did on those songs is brilliant the mix on those songs is brilliant and i think he appreciated it because he's like thanks a lot i really take a lot of time because i think that's what he went to school for is vocal you know uh especially vocal stuff so me telling him and i do i was amazed and appreciate what he did and was like absolutely like man it was a great what you did and this little effect you did here is, is awesome it just really brings in that that 80s flavor which is what i'm really trying to go for in the new massacre stuff yeah i mean johnny's the the stuff the stuff i've heard uh dude johnny really has stepped up his game and i mean uh not just the you know songwriting part but like the mixing and and that stuff it just it sounds fucking great and your vocals you know i've said it on here people are going to be blown away when they hear them because you know i think your vocals are probably better than they ever have been and i know a lot of people are saying oh that's just pete he's you know he's friends with cam blah yeah. blah blah you know what suck my dick listen to <laughs> this new stuff when it comes out and you tell me cam has never sounded this good because he hasn't you have never sound as good as you sound now and whether it's age, whether it's you just, you know, learning and having come into your voice and, you know, as we get older as singers, things change, you know, you've already, yeah. you, you know, you've always said, you know, and you've said on the podcast, you can't do those high pitched, you know, things you used to anymore. But, yeah. you know, there's there's other things, you know, you've learned to, you know, basically master now that just is just destroying. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for people to hear it, man. I compensated where, where okay, um, you know, okay, I can't quite do this much anymore. It just, I did the same thing with sex. I can't, you know, I can't do certain things, so I got vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was just, man. I was just joking. 
And I always, I, I, you know, oh, bring toys. That's all I'll say. But no, I mean, literally. Um, <laughs> yes, please. By all means, if you are listening to this podcast, when you see Massacre, I personally will give you a custom Massacre shirt that I will fucking mic myself if you bring Cam some sort of sex toys to the fucking no, merchandise no, no. table. Please. Just, I, don't need, I don't need that. My wife will kill me. I don't need that. No, never mind. Um, I, no, um, but I'm just saying I compensate like where I can't hit those high notes anymore um, because, you know, years of smoking, age and, and you know, all this. I compensate. I say, okay, if I can't do that anymore. I'm not going to try to do. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to try to sound. No, I can't. I can't name a person, but <laughs> I won't go there. I won't go like where I'm trying to. Where I'm. I'm struggling to be worn out. I'm going to find a comfortable spot that I can hit. But I have definitely found that I can get a lot lower, and and I've I found a comfortable zone for my growls. Now I'm not saying I'm like fucking a deep elephant fart. You know the whole thing which that can get a kind of annoying too. I, I, there's some bands out there. They're great, but I mean, come on, man. I mean, if you're going to, you're going to do vocals and, and that's your whole, that's your whole thing. It's just to be just as guttural and low without any intonation to your voice that can get kind of monotonous and cookie cutter and boring as well. So I try to have, I guess, vocal intonation, a little bit of a e e emotional, you know, like, uh, um, levels to my voice where i can be a little bit like uh deeper more aggressive more you know teeth gr you know grinding gritting in between stuff almost a hardcore old school punk version kind of way but then bring it back to you know what is staple and i try to go through those kind of like things and levels in my vocals and i found a really comfortable place not only that i mean a lot of where I'm recording is in my own home studio, so I'm a little bit more comfortable with uh, having that more, that much more control. I'm not in an environment where I feel like I'm timed. I do not like that. I've never liked it, no matter what the fuck I was doing. That's why I don't work really good at jobs. When you work a job and the guy's like, okay, you got 15 minutes to do this. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. It'll get done when I get, it gets done, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it is, it, vocals are a funny thing, and, you know, as we, as we get older, things change, and, you know, there are, there are people that need to just learn to, you know, work with what they have, and, you know, accept the fact that they might not be able to do the vocals the way they used to do, and sometimes change things up, and we know who those people are that just hold on to that, and sounds absolutely ridiculous now but you know it, it is it is what it is i guess but uh and you know what's crazy is like uh, okay you know i'm and i i could be i could be a victim of this as well or you know fall into the same but i just don't like it when when you know look some some musicians or just like some fighters some boxers because i'm you know some mma fighters or whatever you get to a point where you're like okay you know retire it's, it's you, you, you've done what you can do. You can, I mean, somebody might be saying that about me right now. I don't give, you know, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Maybe so. But there are some people where it's like, yeah, you, you, you've done your best. It's, it's, it's time to bow down. When, if I feel I've like, I, I got nothing else, I will graciously bow down. I won't, I won't keep pushing it. Um, and I've talked to you about that. I'm like, you know, maybe I should give up. <laughs> You're like, nah, you got a couple more in you. Yeah, like, you do, man. Yeah, no. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to ever be to that point where it's just like, oh, this guy should have just fucking quit, you know, five albums ago. He should have just quit. You know, I don't want to. But there are some of those guys out there that, you know, and I'm not shit talking, but 
what I was, the point is, is I'm getting this there. Do you have that other fan that will just keep, they'll keep, oh, well, no, he's doing, he's doing new stuff. And it's, you know, I'm like, stop making excuses, man. Stop, stop, stop making these fucking excuses for this guy. You know, he's washed up, but you're, do you have those fans that will sit there and they'll make excuses? I don't want to get to that point. Please, Pete, don't let me get to that. Don't get me. Don't let me get to the point where fans are making excuses no. about me. No, I look. suck. <laughs> and, and you know, I, 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 when it comes to that point, I will be the, I will be the bearer of bad news. And you know, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, look, that's basically, you know, the, the kind of the role I've played, and and not, you know, I mean, with even the band stuff, you know, I mean, I've, I've been yeah. the bad guy and said stuff from time to time. So I can promise you, I will be, I will be the voice of dude. It's time to give it up. Come on, let's. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. My wife will be the same way. She'll be like, you know, stop, stop. You're embarrassing yourself now. You need to stop right now. You know, she she'll be the first one out there to, to slap me and say, you know, you know, stop, you know, go get a job at fucking as a Walmart fucking greeter. It's it's time, you know, it's time, you old bastard. You need to give it up. So. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Hey, so uh, what else? What else did you hear on the, in, in the podcast? What else was it that we interviewed when we talked to Pat? Well, yeah, I was I was going to get back to that. So Pat, Pat Pat's uh, just the overall, um, you know, not just talking about his issues and problems because I related with that, but just the, the nostalgic part of it. Oh yeah, um, him oh talking yeah. About him talking about the, the the tape trading, him talking about being there in the old days, um, how it was, and it, and he hit it perfect. You know, he hit it exactly how it was. How finding out about stuff. I liked how you guys talked about the record store guy. Yeah, everybody had that record store yep. guy. That that was important, man. Yep. And the, like you said, these kids today, they don't know that. Now, what I imagine today is obviously you don't have the record stores. No, nope. but kids probably have their online guru. That's what I'm thinking. So the way I the way I picture it is they probably follow or they have they have that one person on YouTube who and I mean I know there are a lot of YouTube content creators whose only yeah. thing is they're constantly churning out new bands and they're looking at you know hey what what's this band and what's that band and what's this band and I think they probably have someone like that. Yeah, yeah. But then again, do they get that in, do they get that personal kind of connection no, no you know like when we were we were we were we'd walk into the record store and the and the and our record store got mine was wax tree bob but you know long time ago bob from wax tree and then you know bob was always like check this check these guys out yeah i know you like this check these guys out um and then, and then we had we had frank over at aces uh, um when, you know i used to go oh yeah with, yeah i used to ride with them uh you know jim Pedersen. we take that we take that hour and a half ride out to fucking aces out in tampa um from from the Tampa, yeah. yeah. So, so we had those guys that we'd walk, we'd drive all that way to go, and it's a little adventure. And I think that's why we had a little bit more, you know, uh, camaraderie in our friendship. I won't say they're long lasting because I mean, I mean, some no. of my friends from a long time ago. They've, been, I mean, people, life, life takes precedent. But, well, um, and, and dude, I gotta say, those, I gotta say something, dude. You brought back Aces, man. I forgot about that. Dave, uh, Dave Vincent used to work at Aces. Yes, 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 you did, and so and so did Alan. Right. Alan Moore. Right. Uh, uh, Alan Moses. Alan oh, Moses. Alan Moses. I don't know why I said Alan Moore. Alan Moses. Well, big, big, and he was start off as I think early uh, Morbid Angel uh, manager. Right. One of the very first Morbid Angel man, and and Alan Moses, by the way, was uh, really a big part of the um, with with Brian Pedersen, uh, Glorious Times. Right, book, right, yeah, yeah. Book. yeah, yeah. And then Alan, Alan eventually ended up back in in Australia, and then um, I've unfortunately lost touch with him because I, I think he, he a lot like 
a lot of those old guys, uh, him and Jim Patterson, they just they don't want the drama. And I don't blame them. I do not blame them whatsoever. There is so much drama in the music business. Yeah, um, it's it's ridiculous, especially from the Florida music business, which we've discussed. Yeah. You know, constantly on the show, we've discussed outside of the privacy. You know, you you don't. You don't I don't want to sit there and shit talk anybody. And then, no. you know, despite, you know, the, the, despite the enemies smear campaigns that are just basically trying to say, tell you and convince you that I'm such an evil, uh, I'm, I'm like despicable me. I'm Gru. That'd be great though. If I was Gru and <laughs> I had a bunch awesome of fucking, minions, I would have, man, if I had a bunch of yellow Tic Tac, oh, uh, uh, fucking minion, yeah. they would be yellow because I'm Asian, you know? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I'm glad you said it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'd have all these little yellow uh, followers. Um, if if that was true, you know, some of these shit talkers wouldn't be alive today because yeah. I sent my minions after them. Yeah, you know, but no, it, whatever. It, it, I, I, but I gotta say, man, it, it always it, it doesn't. I won't say it hurts me. It just it it makes me kind of sad, and I get it. I mean, I get why you know Jim doesn't want to be involved in anything anymore, and I get it. But it just yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you gotta understand. He just he's just like he's just yeah. from him from his perspective. He's like I can understand it. He's probably like I just wanted to be a fan. Yeah, and I just want to. I, and be, as a fan, I don't want to take sides. I don't want to be told one thing because I don't. I don't want to not like something I like because of somebody in a band or somebody personal. Right. So I can understand that because I'm the same way when it comes to to, to my movies. Sure. Um, and and the stuff that I collect, especially the horror movies. If I start to hear something about, oh well, such and such from this movie didn't like this person and this, it kind of just it kind of like. It takes away from yeah. my enjoyment of the movie. It does. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to, because I know this personal thing about this. And, but it depends. Now, it depends. And I will give this, I'll, I'll bring it back to Pat in a second, but it depends. And I'll give you an example. I will not support, will not support, nor watch uh, the Jeepers Creepers movies. And I think we've talked about this before. You know why. Um, I will not watch those movies. I don't even own those movies. I will not have them. And people are like, well, a horror movie fan that doesn't want to watch Jeepers Creepers. There's a reason. I'll stand by this. I don't care regardless of what other people think. The director raped a little boy. Okay? The director of Jeepers Creepers raped a little boy. Yes, he did time for it, but he's still a fucking sick pedophile fuck that filmed it even. So that's why I will not support those films. I will not support his other films like Powder or what the other fucking shit that he did. I won't support him because he's a pedophile piece of shit. That's my personal preference. I will not support Jeepers Creepers because of it. So there you go. There's something when you want to find out something about somebody that might be something cool. Now, I'm probably sure there's probably listeners that said, oh, fuck, mm. I'm going to go throw my Jeepers Creepers fucking <laughs> movies away now. Um, but... That's the point. When you find out something a little bit more personal about something. Now, in a case like that, I agree. Uh, me, personally, I don't care. There's probably people out there go, I don't give a fuck what he did. I like the movie. Yeah. Fine. That's your preference. You can. I'm not telling you to like it or not to like it. That's just why I don't like it. It's a little bit too, you know, I don't want to fucking, you know, support something that some, you know, pedo fucking did. Sure. So, same thing with the music. You know, I can understand going back to a point of view of Jim or somebody else that's just or Alan, Alan, you know, Moses, where they just wanted to be fans. They yeah. want to like the music and like it and not have anything personal come in to dictate or take them or deter them from listening to a certain band or another. And Pete, uh, you know, Jim was there. 
He yeah. was there from the beginning with us, me and you. You rode, you've rode in cars with him. <laughs> I rode in cars with him. We know that he knows the ins and outs. Man. And yeah. Yeah, and and you got to think he's probably like you know I don't want to. he was that he was a fly on the wall yeah. he wasn't always musician. he, he, yeah, he and, wasn't and, a musician but he was always there and that was the best yeah. thing about that was the best thing about being around Jim is you know Jim wasn't generally one of those people that talked a lot but he listened and you know yeah. he he would when when he talked it he always had something to say and especially man if he you know if you were talking about bands i remember when we took him to Gainesville not Gainesville to Ocala to see Killing Addiction when, when we played with Killing Addiction and i think we were walking through the mall and i think it was me uh Pat Bailey from Killing Addiction and Chris Wickline and we were talking about uh we were talking about something and then Jim just said oh yeah but you need to listen to da 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 da, da. and it was like holy shit you know Jim just basically lines up all these bands you need to be listening to because you like this band well then you need to listen to this 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 and then you go back and you listen to all those bands you're like fuck there's not a single yeah, one of those bands wrong. that are, yeah he's, there's he's, not a single one of those bands that are bad yeah. and he's rare i mean he's, and, and i i don't think there's maybe one or two occasions and i'm talking about hundreds one yes. or two occasions where he's giving me something and i'm like eh eh it's all right it's not great yeah. he's never given me something that's completely awful garbage shit yeah you know and, and you know he's never given me something that I, he he's he, he's really in, in a tune with what you like. He knows what's going to be good. You know he's he's turned me on to many many bands. Oh yeah. And um, you know it was like I said, going back to the the interview with Pat, having that guy that yep. you know Jim was the secondary guy. First we had the the record store guy. Right. And the record store guy is the guy that kind of prunes you, gets you going, gets you in there. And then through tape trading, like we had. Um, you you meet a Jim Pedersen, and it, and it's it's almost like it's almost like gold, and then it's like you know you got this guy, and with me I, we got to do you know comatose you know fanzine together. Yeah, that's what so, I was going to say. Yeah, um, we yeah we got we got to establish comatose fanzine, which was getting really well known. And then you know I, I always you know hate I always like you know beat my head against the wall. Why why didn't that third and fourth issue come out? Why yeah. why did we why did we stop after two? Um, I can kind of understand it again. Probably he, he was like, you know, there's, we, we've joked, we had our jokes, we, we, we did our thing. Um, and he might've been getting a lot of heat because yeah. by that time people were, people were hating me, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's like from beyond and come out. And then there was all this backlash that massacre was just a fucking, you know, leprosy clone band or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I was already getting into a lot of like, uh, you know, heated stuff when I, I'm sitting there trying to defend myself, and he probably was like the same way. He was like, "Oh, well, you do a you do a you do a fanzine with Cam, you know? Uh, isn't it true?" And he probably got tired of the fucking questions too. And he was like, "You know what? This I'm not here to you know talk about Cam all the time. You know, I have a life as well, <laughs> which which I totally respect and I totally agree with. Yeah, it's like it must. It, I could see why it could be sucky. It's sucky. It's like." I don't want anyone to defend me. I'm not asking anyone at all to defend me. I would never put anybody I consider a friend into that position of defending me. I can defend myself. Right. But it is annoying that there are the people that are the loudest in this scene about that stuff uh. are the ones that are being heard. And and we know this. We know the truth behind it. But I don't want to get off base. I don't want to get off base. And talking no. about the Pat thing was yeah it, and we definitely it, had our record store guys yeah we so had was, we had our record store guys and i think for a lot of us i mean it, now probably more for me 
um, you know, it was it was it was it was the zines. I mean, because you know, when Comatose One came out, I mean, it was literally look through all the reviews. If there was something that got reviewed that we didn't have, we had to find it. You know what I mean? Yep. Because because that's the way it was, and that's something also that doesn't exist today, which is that zine culture. And it wasn't just comatose. Yeah. There were yeah. there were a lot of freaking zines out there. And you we know, we need to talk. That's yeah. We need to. Talk, that's who we need to get on this. We need to get some of those people on the show. Oh next. God, yeah. Because um, I do have contact with a lot of those old zine people. You know, and those those are the people we should have on the show next, because those are the people that need to be brought in. And talked about how they started doing zines back in the day, you know. Yeah. You know, because I, I mean, there's some people that might be, they might shy. Well, I don't want to. I think that's another thing is I'm hoping that people are starting to see now that we're up at f almost forty something episodes. Right. People listen to the show and say, "Hey, you know, it's not all just Cam talking about himself." No. Which, like, yeah. It, it, know, which, it, exactly. And I hope at 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 forty, you know, and we're coming up on our one year mark of doing these. You know, I hope people realize that it isn't. You know, we haven't used the podcast to bash anybody, and you know, it's just been you know us talking about you know your history, your experiences, my history, my you know experience, and then the experience of everybody else that you know we've had on the podcast, and you know that that's basically what it's been. It's been you know just us talking about you know living in this you know death metal world that you know it, that that existed then and you know tries to some way exist now i guess yeah i mean I, you know and a lot of stuff that you guys were talking about that you and pat were talking about especially like you know there i knew that their demo their first demo the one he's talking about with him and harry right which, I, I think it's funny that nobody you guys or he didn't want to mention it but harry's fat harry Yes. Now, Fat Harry Productions was a thing for yes. a while. Yes, and, Fat Especially Harry. in our area. Yeah. If Fat Harry was putting on a show, you know it was a good show. Yeah. You know, so Harry did become a kind of a prominent promoter um, uh, after Hell Witch. You know, he literally oh, yeah. became, that's, it, it launched his promotion career. You know, so that's who Pat was talking about. Pat was talking about Fat, Fat Harry. Harry. Yeah. And, you know, I know that sound that sounds almost uh insulting nowadays and no most but, people but, but, there but that's triggered. what it was called it was called fat harry Productions. yes <laughs> yes it was called fat harry productions and the thing yeah. was if you knew if it was a fat harry show you knew it was going to be a good show because generally yeah, exactly. generally he didn't put on shit so if it was a fat yeah. harry production no matter where it was it was generally pretty good yeah i mean that that's 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 literally how it was and and harry handled pretty much all of central florida it wasn't just just wasn't just Gainesville. It wasn't no. it was Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. It was yeah, yeah. It was Saint he, he was hitting he was hitting this you know a lot of places because you know him and Pat had started off, you know, it wasn't for them it wasn't difficult to drive here and there. You know, they are a little older, as Pat mentioned, he's gonna be friggin' sixty, you know. I, I, that even blew my mind and i'm like oh i thought i'm old now. right <laughs> but, um, and, and that's what yeah. i thought i was like i was like oh fuck man he's he's up there because I, I think i think speckman i think paul's also just either turning 60 or is 60 now yeah so you know that's and that's another person we definitely need to have on the show you know is paul speckman um but my point is this is i'm glad that we're getting to have these guests on the show i'm glad we're getting younger guests on the show we're getting older guests on the show we're getting we're getting a bunch of different guests you know so the 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 fucking the butt hurt you know former members that keep ragging and saying oh the show's nothing about can't can i'm talking about i'm so like really really because you must have just tuned into the episode you wanted to tune into yeah. just so you could say yeah yeah there are there are show specific there are you know episode specific episodes that talk about my past but not everything is about me it no. is about our t my time from pretty much 83 
all the way through, you know, all the way through, you know, the early nineties, you know, that's literally what we've talked about. We've talked about re relevant stuff because yeah, of know, course, stuff that's relevant. happening now. Yeah, yeah. Of, course. of course. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll eventually mention some more stuff that's going to, you know, that happened in the past. What, but you know, that's why we've asked, I think fans to write in and let us know what you want to hear. Yes. And we will definitely take into consideration everyone that writes in, if there's a specific thing, like what, what did I feel when I was in more sound? You know, what would I think it was like working with Scott Burns? Because, you know, uh, even Pat talked about that. Um, you know, there there's some things if you guys want to know those specific things, you know, yeah. Scott was there for I would tell you for from beyond Scott was there. Scott was not the producer. Scott was the engineer. Right. Um, people have to remember who was the producer on from beyond. That was Colin Richardson. Right. So, and he came um, over from I England, correct? Yeah, I didn't have. Yeah. Yes, Colin had done, has done all, all of the early earache bands. Right. I never had a ear. I never. I didn't personally have a problem with Colin. Um, I thought Colin was doing well. Of course, the other band members they were all pandering after Scott. So you know, here I am. I'm kind of like tossed in the middle. I'm like, hey, what's wrong with this Colin guy? I mean, this is his job. This is what he's known for yeah you know? and, exactly and, uh, yeah so there, there there has always been turmoil from the beginning in, in massacre and i don't want to always talk about the turmoil but it, you can't talk about the history of massacre without talking about the turmoil because yeah. there's been turmoil from the start of course there's been I, turmoil <laughs> but you know the thing is is those morris sound days you know, I think, uh, and especially, you know, when Pat was talking about how cheap it was to get into Morris Sound, I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, can you imagine if, if you brought that whole, let's just say the mystique and the, the credibility Morris Sound had, if you brought that into today's marketplace, can you imagine how much it, I mean, literally Scott, uh, Scott would end up being like the modern day Rick Rubin, you know, for death metal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would literally the mystique that surrounded that place, you know, and it, it, it dude, it wasn't the best of studios, you know. I mean, no, it, it, and it was a, it was like a little fucking yeah. off the side of the road, <laughs> exactly, like you know, a little fucking shacky building <laughs> off the side of the road in the middle of no, uh, well, in the middle of like not even it wasn't even in Tampa, no, you know, it was like on the way, it was right across, not really close to a mall, right? If I remember. And, uh, you I know, just, just, I, just, I just remember all the palm trees. There were a lot of palm yeah, trees, a lot of palm trees and fucking whatever. And yeah. I think there was a, a used car lot across the street. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a fucking paradise people. No for fuck's sake. No, if anything. It was like, a sh it was a shanty shack shithole. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, no. I'm making it out the South bad, but I mean, it was like a, it was like a, it's not someplace you go and go, Oh, you know, I'm, 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 five steps away from the beautiful gorgeous Dude. beaches of of florida no it is it was right off a fucking stinky highway uh, you know kind of right down the street from a mall in this kind of like offside wooded area i'm like you know whatever yeah. and, and <laughs> you know? what's amazing to me now honestly when i think back on it is that bands were coming from all over like cancer came from england to record there you know what I mean? Think of yeah. all the prestigious studios that are in England. Oh, no, Napalm Death. Napalm Death yeah. was, had been there. Uh, I like death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. Uh, what's that French band? Um, I, I was actually on their album. You I, and your I, French I, band that you can't remember. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, I Here. know. I know. Just, that's why the French hate me so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, that was the nice thing about talking to, talking to Pat. And you know, that was why... 
you know, I said it at the end of the podcast. And I think I said at the beginning of the podcast with him is that's why he was on my short list. That's why he was on my bucket list of people to get on the show because, you know, he is a little bit older than you. You know, he was doing it, you know, a, a tiny bit before you. And, you know, he just knew all the players. And, you know, he talked about the stuff that, you know, we, we generally don't, you know, obviously. And, you know, he mentioned uh, being around the people that we generally don't talk about on this podcast, you know. And, I mean, for those people that wanted some, you know, non-biased opinions on the thing, you got it. You know, you got Pat's, yeah. you got, you got Pat's personal interaction with, with that person, you know. And, Loud blast. I just remembered loud blast. Sorry. Oh, loud blast. Oh, yes. yes oh. Loud blast. oh, yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, so, yeah, I was on the loud blast album for those of people that might not know that. Yeah. There, there you go. But yeah, so like I'm saying, you know, those of you that always think that, you know, we, we, I, we don't because it's just it's just better that way. However, when guests come on, I've never asked anyone to talk about anybody. You know, if it comes up and they've had experiences with that person, then cool. And it did, and it came up, and it came up organically. And and you know, Pat had some cool stories about it. So you know, there it is. So you know, don't say yeah, that you don't. For, yeah, that, that's what's really cool. And I, I you don't force your guest, no. our guest, to talk about me. No, it, it's, not it's at all. Not like you don't, you don't, you don't, you. Know, I, you, a lot of people think, well, you know, he probably talks to him before. No, there's no coaching. No. There's no green room meeting. No, you know, like they do on talk shows. There's no, there's no. Okay, you can talk about this, but you shouldn't talk about this, and you need to talk about Cam. But if you don't talk, you know, there's none of that. There's none yeah. of that shit. Yeah. We don't prep our interview. You don't prep your interview. No, not at all. And, I mean, and, and the person that's coming up after this is a perfect example. So this is going to be episode thirty-nine. Ep- episode forty will be Eduardo from Behavior, and uh, he's Brazilian. I think Chilean by birth, but lives in Brazil now. Um, and, uh, he was very influenced by not only massacre, but cam. And, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot about him when I, before I did the podcast and I basically just went for broken, you know, he himself brought up everything, you know, I never brought up, you know, you or any of that stuff. And that's never been a thing. And I've always told people, I'm like, you know, this isn't a, a cam or a massacre specific you know, uh, a podcast or interviewer talk. I'm not talking to you. So you talk about that stuff. I'm like, if you've got albums to promote, cool. Let's talk about albums, you know, but let's talk about what you want to talk about. And if it comes up, it comes up. And you know, it, it happened to be that Pat, you know, was there from the beginning, you know, talks about the Rocky Point stuff and how that, which I love that. That's why I use that clip. I just love that. That's just the best. And you know, the fact that they bumped fucking executioner, yeah <laughs> to me that's just that's just the best i remember that too i remember i remember that day very well i remember to all of that everything you guys talked about on that exactly i remember it all well i yeah. remember like you said even david vincent wasn't even in any of the bands he wasn't even in morbid angel at the time right. but you could see him lurking in the back you know during the morbid angel set and pat has all that you know i mean i mean again it's not to talk shit about anybody it's no just it's facts, just history it's just, it, uh, it's this is just how it happened it's just is, the history the, yeah. just like this is the way it- you know, if you watch yeah. the videos, you will see. If you watch the videos, and Pat has it up on YouTube, every dude, there's mm-hmm. so many people that have that show up on YouTube yeah. now. But literally, it is a who's who of Florida death metal. You know, either they're yep. on the stage, or you'll see them on the side of the stage, or you'll see them in the crowd. You know, for you know, those of you, you'll you'll see fucking you know Terry sitting you know to the side next to Bill. And, you know, you see all kinds of people on those fucking videos. And it's because, you know, it was that, 
it was that meeting. You know, it's it's like Pat said, when there was a show, everybody went. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of yeah. it wasn't one of those things now where you know you're like, oh, I don't think I, fuck that shit, man. I mean, it didn't matter who was playing at Beecham. It didn't matter if it was Sepultura, Creator, whoever it was, Wrathchild. You went to everything, Testament, whether it was yeah. Thrash, Death Metal, whatever. It was a show and it was a happening, and that's what we did. You know what I mean? Everybody went and you went and you saw your buddies, you saw everybody from all the other bands there, and you know, you just went and you hung out and you had fun with your buddies. You know, it wasn't it all what it is now which has become this whole you know let's show off and let's be present kind of thing you know what i mean and no one cared you know it didn't matter if you went to a show and fucking rick was in the crowd or you were in the crowd or someone else in the crowd no one gave two shits you know because we were we were all the same back then no one was any no one was yeah. any well, more was, special I mean, than so, I, mean, I will admit i will admit i, I some of the motherfuckers you know <laughs> i unfortunately had to play with really went out there with that at that crossed arm attitude which is another reason i can't stand that shit i can't yeah, stand that well. uh, chip on my shoulder attitude i'm going to stand back here and not support any bands but i'm going to stand back here with my arms crossed in a judgmental pose fuck you i hated that shit and that's that's you know they're I mean, I'm not talking shit. I'm just talking facts. No, it is. It why, is. It is facts. Why certain? Why certain individuals who now take who now have adopted this sort of like let me try to go out there and pretend I'm friends and smoke a doobie with everybody kind of attitude? <laughs> no, they, I literally and you can ask old school guys how were those particular people acting? They yeah. were acting like pretentious pricks. Yes, they were the ones with their arms crossed. They were the yes. ones with their sitting there back there by the by the merch table or sitting in the back as far away from the stage as possible with their fucking attitudes going on. And I I was like I'm not going to be associated with those guys if those yeah. guys want to do that i'm going to go around i'm going to hang out i'm going to go into the moss pit for fuck's sakes how many of those fucking cunts have been in the moss pit yeah none no. of them i will tell you a fact right here on this show <laughs> guarantee you ask anybody did oh, any of those cunts fuck. ever mosh in front of the other bands no no, no the and only person i would i can say was me I, I front. Yeah, and I can say, you know, I I did have the experience of uh, of him standing on the side of the stage when we when we played with you guys, and he stood there for like half of the set, and I kept watching him out of the corner of my eye, and he stood on our guitarist side backstage, you know, uh, just behind the where the where the PA cabinets were at the plus three, and he sat there and watched half the show and had his arms crossed the whole nine yards, and then kind of walked away. But I mean, he did that yeah, to us. That, that whole fucking pretentious, yeah. judgmental, yeah. fucking you know what up you know just fuck you know just a prickish attitude and uh that's the stuff I, I i absolutely would not do and would not partake in and because i wouldn't partake in the same sort of you know dickheaded atmosphere that they were they were trying to bring to the table i was the bad guy all of a sudden oh well you know you don't you don't support us you don't believe what we believe you won't stand over here with us you're too busy off there being friendly i'm like okay whatever yeah and i mean you know what, what what honestly what i thought was funny is you know it's he could stay he stood there on the side of the stage and did that but honest to god i still remember my that what was going through my head back then was i've seen you sitting in front of camelot in the mall wearing a fucking death shirt and wearing biker shorts wanting to get attention 
wanting people to recognize yeah. you. So you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. and I can say I'm this for me. So so I, I can say that because it, he did it to me. He did it to my band. Yeah. I mean, I can say that. We opened for you guys plus three. He did it to my band. And like I said, the whole time, and I remember getting off stage and talking to Tim, my guitarist, and going, did you see him standing there? And Tim said, oh, yeah, I, I kind of caught him out of the corner of my eye. And then Tim, I remember, t- I, I swear to you, Tim said, was he wearing bicycle shorts? And that was it, dude. Oh, yeah. it, it was it was done. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, we had our laughs, and it was funny because at that point, literally, he'd made himself into a joke. And, you know, those of us that were in the scene in oh, that area. Well, now, you're, now, you're, now you're speaking, you're, you talk about war. Oh, <laughs> good God. It's okay. I can say it. I don't care. So, because I had that experience, you know, I mean, this isn't Cam yeah. saying this. This is Pete. And I'm not saying this because I'm Cam. I'm, look, I, I have people, you know, that listen to the podcast that were in rupture. They were on stage that day. They will, everyone will confirm that he was standing on the side of the stage, mean mugging us. And I've been with those same yeah, people. Thank you. I couldn't think of the term yeah. mean and yes, i've been with those go. same exact people in the fucking altamont mall on a saturday afternoon where we saw him standing in front of fucking camelot in his bike shorts and a fucking death shirt wanting to fucking everyone to you know to to see that it's him you know so look if you think that's talking bad it's not talking bad that's my personal experience yeah that's my experience i had with him yeah this isn't cam's experience this is my experience i had with him away from freaking cam yeah this has nothing to do with cam this is just pete and for you people that don't know we literally had he had become a joke to us if you were part of the scene and you were one of those younger bands you know uh he had a he had credibility as far as what he did but as far as a person went it just it just it was just he he had just become kind of a joke so anyway there's there's my thing so let's get back to pat uh talking rock 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 go ahead yeah i was gonna say it was just it's just great that pat brought in brought up brought in but he brought up a lot of stuff that was like really relevant yeah and pat told it from a point of view where it's it's the hell witch point of view it's it's yes. it's, a, it's it's not someone who who is buddies with all of these guys nope. who is going to come on their show and just and not not tell it from his and, and he wasn't shit talking that's the great thing not he at all no but he was bringing he was slinging facts brother he yeah. was slinging facts, you know, he, and that's what was great. He was, and that was that's the nice thing about Pat, man, is you know, dudes just dudes just honest and down to earth, and you know, uh, Hell Witch happens to be one of the very, 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 very few bands that were around in that era that didn't get picked up by one of the big labels, and he talks about that on the in the interview. You know what I mean? And. Yeah. You know, they, they, for some reason, they just happened to be one of the bands that just, that just missed the boat. And, you know, Hell Witch played a part in that early, in those early days, you know, they were playing the shows, they were there, they were part of everything, you know, Pat was trading tapes, Pat knew people, you know, I mean, fuck, like you said, Fat Harry Productions, you know what I mean? You, you, you can't have, you know, I, I, dude, I mean, I can't imagine what Orlando would have been without some of those fucking shows that he was putting on, you know what I mean? I know. I know, and then you know what? You know the other thing that I, I was listening when I'm listening to the show, and I'm like, like you know, Pat's like, yeah, we went to Asia, and I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Hell, which I already went to Asia. Nun Slaughter's already gone to Asia. I'm Asian, and I still never been to Asia. God damn it, <laughs> fucking son of a bitch. No, it's just funny. It's just it's it's cool. I'm glad that these guys got to do these things that they did. 
and and experience it. I'm, I'm, I am. It makes me happy to hear that they got to do that. You know, that, and like he said, he's coming from this humble, literally coming from this humble just background. He's like, I never thought we'd have. You know, even like when he was talking about when when he was it, it just sitting hanging out with with Trey and 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 Nasty Ronnie and Trey and Nasty Ronnie are crazy. You know, hey, the hell which is, and he's like, really? You know, he's like amazed. That's how I felt. I yeah. felt when. When, when we played with Nasty Savage and and uh, we, we played with, you know, uh, shit. I, I used to go to Trey's house, man, when he lived, you know, with his parents. I used right. to go to his house. So, you know, it's it's amazing to me that these guys, and, and I still respect those times and still still look back at those times as being really nice times. I, I wish we, I, I would love to get Trey on the show. I don't think he would do it. <laughs> I would love to get Nasty Ronnie on the show. You know, yeah. Nasty Ronnie, I think, I, I think at this point now, Nasty Ronnie is the only left original member yes, yes um you know and there's nothing to shit talk again i would love to just talk about because Na nasty savage played an integral important role yes more important than they get given credit for yeah they're ever given credit for yeah and I, I i mean and like i said pat was there he was he was there in the beginning he got to see these things and he told it from a perspective that was there that was a person just recollecting yeah you know yeah and that was great yeah, exactly. And you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, that, that, that's exactly it. There was no, there was no pretentiousness to it, you know, and someone who was part of the things that Pat was part of and the whole nine yards could dude, he had every right, you know, to, to, you know, have an ego if you wanted to have an ego, because I mean, dude, he was a part of something. He was a part of something huge. And it just was just the most down to earth, you know, great guy to talk to. And it's, you know, we've had luck so far with the podcast that that's, that's been all the guests we've Got. you know we've gotten down to earth you know older dudes and you know the funny thing is and i i, I don't know if i mentioned this i might have mentioned some episode that's going to come out later but um all the guys that were tape traders that we've talked to eduardo uh you know um fucking pat you know these guys you realize that you know we were basically forming it, it was it was a brotherhood you know, and the funny thing yeah. is, is you can, you can talk to those same people now and you can still feel it. You know, you still feel that, you know, dude, we're all just, we're all just guys trying to find new music. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, there's no pretentiousness to it. It's, you know, it's about a community and you know, yeah. all well, those he, tape he, trader he, guys, guys have been great. Yeah. You guys hit on it. You guys hit on it, calling it now. Um, I understand. And it's very hard in this day and age, 2023 to talk about, to say this word, and for younger people to really get it, to understand it. And that's why I will say, I will say this. They call it the underground scene. That's what that's this gen that's the general term for it. And you got people thinking, oh, it's just underground if it's not played on the well, I mean, played on the radio, for fuck's sake, there really is no radio today. So I mean There's a radio? I don't even know what that even Well, I mean there is, but there isn't, you know what I mean? I, I don't not, I don't listen to it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I there I don't think there really is there is leftover radio but i think only the boomers are listening to it or people people of my early generation x might be listening to it when you're at work or you're forced to work out like yeah, i know people put on the radio when they're like i worked construction so that usually is like when somebody will throw on a radio station and then, then they, they play the most annoying they play the same five songs over and over again all day long but um yeah i think there's this this thinking that you know underground is this stuff that's like but it's not necessarily that because when you call what you call an underground scene today is not the same when we were doing it because what was ours was an underground movement yes and i i've, I've tried to tell people there's a difference there's an underground scene but there's an underground movement we were part of a movement 
we were not we weren't jumping into a scene because it was something that was there set up for us to jump and join into right yeah, yeah. no not like at it all. Is today we created it we were a movement we were uh we were creating it by starting off as both two things as tape traders and as young bands that were playing on fucking kitchen chairs and fucking padded yes uh whatever <laughs> to record our demos on cassette i've always said i've said this before back in you know uh, maybe a couple years ago i'll say it again i even want to post it again if your first studio was not a dual cassette recorder you don't know what the fuck underground is yeah <laughs> if you had if you didn't record your first demo on a cassette you can't tell me what the underground is yeah you have no absolutely no way and i'm not trying to be pretentious about that just don't try to tell me or preach to me what the underground fucking scene is if you're in a band and your band's first demo was not recorded on a cassette player yeah <laughs> and it, it was so cool to listen to hear pat tell us how he really did it i always wondered how they did it and now i know it's taken me what almost 40 years to learn the secret <laughs> yeah, it's been but 40 years I know yeah. the secret. i now know the secret from listening to our episode how Hellwitch recorded nasiratu yeah. i now know how it was done it was two different channels i didn't even think of it back then because i i think the time we got the tape you know it was third or fourth generation sure yeah, yeah. maybe it was third. maybe by then it was all it was taken from stereo and turned into mono it'd been stepped on a little bit by that point yeah but so so i never occurred to me that it was coming out of two different channels i never thought well the drums and one guitar is coming out of the right channel and then the second guitar and solos and the vocals are coming out of the left it never occurred to me that that's how it was done and talk about just brilliant uh you know innovative thinking because they were doing it on a cassette i don't care if people say well that's shit yeah you could say that but think about that even i don't even think we would have come up with that fucking innovative thinking of of making it in two different channels I yeah mean, that's no. brilliant yeah that's fucking brilliant man yeah. i mean i mean i know people are sitting here they're sitting and laughing right now laughing at me but you got to think what we were working with yeah of course you know, we didn't have the convenience we didn't have the convenience of today you know we didn't i mean i remember and speaking of convenience i dude i remember when fruity loops came out and i thought it was genius <laughs> and i was like holy shit <laughs> i can record uh, on my fucking you know computer with fruity loops yeah you remember fruity loops remember that yeah so, yeah I yeah mean, this, i mean okay we talked about this before on the show remember remember graduating from a cassette you know recorder remember graduating from cassette recorder to suddenly oh man i got a fucking I got a four channel recorder or an yeah. eight, or eight track and a four track or an eight track. Then if you, you, you felt really special then yeah. if you got a four track or an eight track, and especially if you were, if you found, knew somebody with a 16 track, that was God. Oh no. I and never, like, yeah. Oh shit. He's got a 16 track board, dude. Really? Holy shit. We don't even know what to do with ourselves with 16 tracks. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, eight. yeah. I mean, fucking four. So, um, so the ruptured demo that that people can hear on youtube that was actually recorded on a four track and everything it was just you'd record four tracks you'd bounce everything down and then record four yeah. more tracks and then bounce everything down and uh yeah i mean so that's that's the way that demo was that demo was recorded anything people hear of any of the earlier stuff before that that was all recorded the same way you guys did just basically putting a boom box in the corner and just fucking pressing record and going 
Yeah, I mean, okay, early, yes, all the the early Mantis death, death demos that you know, right. obviously I'm on. I will tell you though that when we did graduate, and these are the this is the two songs that I I feel are the underscored, not no very well known of, not known or heard songs that I was the last couple songs I recorded in '85 in Death, which is Rigor Mortis and right. Seizure, uh -huh. and those songs were actually recorded on a four track. Oh no so shit! The, yeah, so we we did. Can, oh, um, um, I will also say I, uh, the second death demo, the one that has Corpse Grinder the, and all that stuff, right. that was recorded on an 8-track um, in the back of Music City. Oh, okay. The, yeah, in, sure. Yeah. yeah, that was recorded on an 8-track recording. And uh, the Infernal Death uh, demo uh, also recorded on that same exact 8-track recording um, in the back of Music City. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, mean, I, I know that for the fact the second one, I'm kind of sketchy in my memory. Like like Pat was talking about, man, we're all getting up there. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna be 50 dude. Seconds, I mean, so you're, you're talking about you're, a little cloudy. You're talking about stuff that happened 30 fucking years ago. You know what I mean? 40 years yeah. ago. Sorry, holy shit. 40, 40 years, years ago, ago yeah. now. You know, 83, man. 83. So yeah. Yeah. 83. In between 83 and 85. So this was 80. This have been 85, uh, 84, 85. Right. Yeah. It's 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 it, it, it kind of all blends together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Like I can picture the top. I can I can in my brain. I close my eyes. I could see the room. I could I, I could see you know how that was set up. I could see the drum set. I could see where Chuck was standing. I could see where Freddie was standing. I could see the guy that was running. I couldn't tell you the guy's name. I couldn't tell you the guy's name, but I could tell you the guy yeah. doing the recording. I could tell you the set that I played on because it was this. It was the set in the back of. It wasn't my drum set. You know, it had rototoms. That's why there's rototoms in that friggin' that demo, <laughs> rototoms. You know? Yeah, those fucking rototoms that were you know obviously the the original drummer from Possessed made famous because he used them as well. And um, so, you know, there was uh, that kind of stuff uh, that but I couldn't tell you exactly specific, you know, details down to the nitty gritty. I do remember that uh, all the drums, you know, were recorded along with the uh, the rhythm guitars and then vocals and leads were later put in because that's like the amazing thing you could do when you had an a-track and uh, i mean that's like i'm talking sorry we, we we upped our game we did we came and stepped up stepped up our game but then like i said the the uh rigor mortis and and um uh seizure tra tracks recorded now freddie was already out of the band right it was yeah. just me and chuck it's just you time. and chuck at yeah, that point yeah chuck, yeah me and chuck were the only ones in the band and uh we recorded those two things, and it was on a four-track of, of, of one of Chuck's friends that lived down the street. He um, he had a four-track, and he brought it, and we recorded those in in uh, Chucky's garage there. So we, uh, you know, that was that was happening, you know, back then. And those were the last two recordings I did officially with with Death. And um, and like Pat had mentioned, there was a lot of things. Pat did mention that Chuck moved to to, to California. And recorded the Scream Bloody Gore Pride. But, you know, one thing that everyone keeps forgetting to mention, I wish we could talk to the guys in the Canadian Slaughter, is that Chuck didn't go directly from Florida no, he to, went up to Canada, California. Yeah. yeah, he went to Canada. And he was in Slaughter for a couple of weeks. I don't even know how long. I, it's not like I, you know, no. unlike my enemies yeah. that know everything <laughs> I've done after. The, you after, you, you after are not a Chuck Schuldinger freaking aficionado. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. that. I just know what I know. I know, like, okay, I will say this on this show, and this is not a rip. This is totally not a rip. It's just to give you, I, I told you about this a couple weeks ago. There's a movie out called Metal Lords, 
It's on Netflix. Yes. It's a really good fun movie. It's, 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 people. it's, it's a feel good movie. It, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's a feel good movie. But, but here's, here's like people say, oh, it's not the greatest metal movie. Okay, that's not what it was meant to be. But what it definitely does is it takes that uh, experience of trying to do a death metal band in the 80s uh, in your high school and the way certain people were. Now, the character in the fucking movie's name is Hunter. He's the guitar player. He's he's a little, he's a kind of a prick at the beginning. And I will tell you this, and this is not a stab, absolutely not a stab. But if you, people ask me this, what was Chuck like when you were young? Because I don't know Chuck as, a, as an adult. Right. As a Chuck, Chuck as an adult, the Chuck, the Chuck that people talked about on the, I didn't even watch the movie, but the people that like, like Gene Hoagland knows, and the, the, those guys know. Yeah, of course, they, it's a different they person. Chuck, they knew Chuck as a young man. I'm telling my experience as Chuck as a teenager. What was Chuck as a teenager? Watch that movie, Metal Lords. See that character Hunter before he before he gets sent off to the uh, you know um, I guess he gets sent off to kind of like a, a correctional school, right? Right, a military school or something like was, that. Yeah. The, yeah, the pretentiousness that he was, the way that his attitude was, which part of it's good. It's part of it's good because he was defending metal. That literally was Chuck. I mean, I mean, if anyone asked me, what, how do you? That's the best way I can tell you. That's the best. And again, not a rip. No. What was Chuck no. like? What was Chuck like as a teenager? That really hits the nail on the head. Yeah. It, what, how Chuck was. And I mean, I think people have to understand that, you know, because I mean, I've, I've, I've read this stuff where people have said, you know, um, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to digress completely, but I, I, I right, do, right. I, I think, I do think it does need to be mentioned here is I've seen people, you know, say, oh, Cam, Cam didn't know Chuck. Well, you know, I've never heard you say anything other than what you've just said which is you knew chuck when you guys were teenagers you guys were fucking kids you know i mean you exactly. didn't you didn't know the later person you didn't know the person that recorded human and all that other stuff no no not at all and, and you know your interaction with someone was you interacted with them when they were teenagers i mean look we all that played in bands at that point do we 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 all knew each other then you know, the way we knew them then. I mean, no one ever knew what anyone was going to do. I mean, you know, I, I'll use this as, I'll, I'll use myself as a perfect example. You know, Tim, who plays guitar on the Rupture stuff, uh, has gone on to be a fucking, you know, a, a chief editor at the fucking Wall Street Journal. You know, yeah. I mean, he went from playing fucking death metal to going to college at the University of South Florida to being an editor at the fucking Wall Street Journal, one of the most prestigious financial freaking newspapers in the entire world. You know what I mean? And he, we grew up playing death metal. I don't know the Tim that is the editor at the Wall Street Journal. I know the Tim exactly. that I grew up with hanging out in his pool, you know, playing fucking all these goofy freaking, you know, shows in people's pool parties and, and all that stuff. That's the person I knew. Just like the person you knew that was Chuck is not at all the person that everyone else is new. So people kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and understand that, that when, you know, when you talk about your experiences with Chuck, you guys were fucking kids. You know what I mean? You yeah. guys were and fucking well, kids. I, here's the thing that I, I try not to do. And I, I think, you know, if you, if, you know, if you're saying that I do this, then obviously you just got an agenda. I definitely don't do this. I don't use my experiences with Chuck or my relationship with Chuck as a springboard to my career. No, you never have. I mean, it, it, since we've been together and since we've been doing this, you know, and since I've known you, never once have you done anything. You've gone the exact opposite at times that, you know, 
I would think that, you know, other people would have definitely been like, oh, well, this would be one of those chances for me to say, oh, yeah, well, I was in death. Because, you know, yeah. you you can say, you know, fuck, dude, you drew the original logo for the fucking band. Yeah. You have the right to always be able to say that you were in death. But you but but, you know, generally you don't. You know, that's one of the last yeah. things you would ever put. I'm sure when someone asks you to list the bands, I'm sure one of the very last things, if it wasn't the last thing, would probably be that you were in death. Yeah, I don't even try to do that. I don't even bring that up. Of course. I mean, I, I'll, I'll I very, very, very proudly post my my other bands that I've done. I'll post their logos and stuff. You will never, ever, rarely, unless someone else has done it, I don't do it myself. I don't put the Death logo or the Manus logo. Right, right, of and, course. And if I put the, if I put the Masker, Masker logo, I'm always pushing the original old Axe logo or the new updated Axe logo. I won't push that Superman logo. Right. You know, because uh, right. you know, that's just not my massacre. That's not my massacre. And, you know, I know it's hard. For, and I like I had mentioned about the promise stuff. If Massacre was always my massacre, why would I have quit my own band? Right. You know, sure. you, don't, you don't just quit your own band. You quit, a, you quit something that someone's either come in and spoiled, which is what happened. Right. And it's their, their thing, their thing, you know. And, and unfortunately, you know, young, as a younger kid who was basically bullied, and I, I got no, I'm not ashamed to tell you, you know, I was bullied. I'm not a white guy, you know. I grew up in a white, predominantly white neighborhood. Uh, that you know in a predominantly black neighborhood that crossed the street and I'm neither white or black so I got bullied a lot from just my racial side and then I become a black sheep I'm listening to punk rock and then I'm listening to and creating death metal I'm a misfit of the misfits yes so I grew up I grew up being really you know hated from all sides so when I get with these individuals that I'm, you know I'm I'm not ashamed to talk about it but my upbringing was they were they were very narcissistic they gaslighted me they played me they said hey no one else is going to play with you no one else is going to you know be in a band with you because you're this race or you're this kind of way you're lucky you're lucky that we're going to be in a band with you i mean this is the kind of shit that these guys were saying to me i'm lucky so i grew up kind of like naive thinking oh well maybe they're right maybe i i, I can't go play with anybody else maybe i need to just shut up and just do what they're they're telling me to do but there was always that part of me on the inside that was like fuck them fuck them man they're not they're not going to tell you what to do just do your own thing and i was always in conflict and i still am in conflict to this day i'm in conflict <laughs> because of that um, yeah because but now i'm a little bit more i feel like the last couple of years especially the last five years i really feel i'm in control and everything i've done Everything I've done has proven me, even the decisions of going with labels has proven I'm right a lot of times. I'm not trying to like boast myself up and say I'm right. I'm just, what I'm trying to say is sometimes if you've got it in you, if you've got doubt, self-doubt or something, but something little bird or something inside of you is saying, you know, maybe you should try it. Try it. Try it. Because all I could do is, I mean, what, what could anybody ever do is say no? Well, no doesn't hurt me. I can tell you that right now. Unlike unlike some other people, <laughs> it obviously if you say no, that that tears them apart. No doesn't hurt me. Rejection doesn't hurt me. Yeah, I've gotten to that point in my life where I'm like, hey, I'm never gonna know unless I ask. Yeah, you know, unless I try. And, so and that's where I'm at. You can't you can't be in the in the music business, and if you can't accept no and be able to roll with it and move on and accept that it's just no, then you're you're just fucked. Because you know what I mean? Yeah. You are you are gonna hear no much more than you are ever going to hear yes in this fucking business. I know. You know, but then you got the clones, you know, that come about and they, <sighs> they try to order sixty six me all the time. 
you know, they're they're always trying to order sixty six me. I mean, they they they, they, they order use sixty six you now. They do, man. The clones are always trying to order sixty six me. Oh my god! You know, they they, they go to Emperor Palpatine Bor <laughs> uh, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> They go to they, they go to Palpatine Borovor oh, and uh, uh, Palpatine they, 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 Yeah, they they jump on the Death Star blabbermouth and uh, you know Order sixty six to me constantly. So you know. Do you, do, you, do you know do you know what Palpatine's first name is? Borovor. No. <laughs> no, it's Sheev. Okay, Sheev. What, yeah. what, what kind of name is that, Sheev? It's one of those fucking George Lucas. I didn't want to name him anything normal yeah. name, so it's, it's Sheev yeah. Palpatine. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, it, it's like this: having Pat on the podcast brought up a lot of stuff, and it, it was it was yeah. awesome. Loved it. Um, like yes, I, I said, yeah, th- I there were there are still some people. Uh, I'm. I'm still hoping that one day I can get Pete Slate on this freaking podcast. Uh, you know, he is, yeah. he's the other person on the short list and people are going to get sick of me hearing me say it, but I yeah. want Pete on this fucking podcast, you know, yeah. uh, and Pete and Drew. Again, 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 Pete might be coming off with a, you know, thinking, Oh shit, I'm going to go in there and talk about cam or I'm going to have to be put in position where I defend cam. And then I'm somebody that might not like cam that likes me. Mike, you know, I, I totally get that, you know, and, and, yeah. and dude, we don't want to put you in that position. No, you know, not, 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 not at all. And, me. and, and, yeah. and I, I need to, I need to make sure that I will forward the episode with, uh, with Pat on there to Pete. So Pete can fucking listen to it and hear that, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, we're not pushing an agenda. We're not pushing cam or massacre. You know, I mean, at this point now, you know, it is people like, I mean, and now, now that you mentioned it, dude, I mean, I don't know why I haven't even thought about fucking trying to get nasty Ronnie on this fucking show i mean i really need to yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean you could reach out to him and see if he'll do it i, I mean why not yeah i mean it's, it's like you know again it's not to talk shit but you could just basically let him know you know hey we're not going to talk about cam we're not going to talk about the, the obvious you know because you know he still he still likes you know, i'm still i'm sure he talks to you know freddie or whatever that's totally not what we want to talk about what yeah, i'd no. like to talk about with about if we do get to talk about nasty ronnie and one thing i definitely like to talk about is you know what people don't know and it in and you know killjoy admitted this to me himself was that it was nasty ronnie that came up with giving him his name killjoy yeah you know it was like you know and that's that's the kind of stuff i would like to talk to ronnie about yeah. talk to ronnie about how it was back then how it was the you know i i you know i was to a point i i i really took a lot and i will admit this i took a lot of my early stage presence and wanting to be a front man because of nasty Ronnie. Right. Because of, because at the time I was, I was still playing drums, but I was forced into singing, which I didn't mind. And then I was like, you know, I think I can do the singing stuff better than I can do drums. And it was a lot of what nasty Ronnie was doing is where I took my, you know, my first steps to say, you know, shit, you know, I, I want to do what Ronnie's doing. You know, of course you know, I didn't take it to the gimmicky, gimmicky extremes that nasty Savage did. Right. And, you know, I didn't take it to those extremes, but, I looked at I looked to Ronnie as as an inspiration to yeah. get up in front and, and and be a front man. And I mean, not only that, dude, but think about how many people were around him, and 
you know, I've, I've, I've heard from borders about nasty Ronnie holding court and, you know, everybody just basically hanging out as his hot and the whole nine yards. And you're just like, the dude was the, that band and him personally was so influential on everything that would come out of fucking, you know, Tampa, Orlando, man. It, it, he yep. was, he was super influential. And I think, uh, I know for a fact that there's probably 95% of the people that worship Florida death metal have no clue that it's, you know, probably I can't tell you how many of the bands wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for fucking nasty Ronnie and, and nasty savage. You know, I mean, yep. he, he was, he nasty savage played a huge influential role in you know, in the birth of, you know, Florida death metal, you know, and, hey, and I will mention, I will mention this because, because we, we did, we did, because I was excited about it. In the, the last season of the, you know, Stranger Things, where the massacre flyer shows up on the wall. Right, yeah, yeah. In, in Eddie's room. Um, I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it on the show right now. Not Okay, we're not the only Florida band that's on the right. flyer who's on yes, the wall. Yes, yes. If you freeze it underneath where Freddie, or Freddie, where Eddie goes up to touch his guitar to basically, and you, it's scale, kind of goes down, you see the guitar. There is a nasty, savage Yes. Flyer. Yes, there is. The guitar. Yep. There's a nasty savage flyer. So I will say, not only is, I, yes, I pushed it because it was Massacre. It's like, oh shit, it's fucking great. It's Massacre. But I will definitely say the nasty savage flyer is also on the wall in in, in that scene, same scene that our, our flyer shows up in. So there we go, bringing back the, the Stranger Things thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, we're at like an hour and 27 minutes. I got to cut out a little bit of stuff there uh, in, in the cool. middle. Yeah, there's there's some stuff that you definitely have to edit, especially my my me my mess up of calling loud blast loudness. <laughs> it's all <laughs> so. good, but I mean, I, but what? So look, if you're listening to the podcast, and you know you've just heard you know Cam tell you, uh, look, if there's stuff you want to hear you know us talk about, please send us an email at Beyond the Massacre Podcast. Uh, at gmail.com that's beyond the massacre podcast at gmail.com and uh tell us what you want to talk about you know we, we got we heard from emily she you know she got and she hit us up uh you know and was was interested to hear the stuff about cambridge in the middle east as uh, a club and that stuff and you know we will we will we will talk about it you know and you know we we it makes it more interactive for us and, uh, you know, and hey, one other thing, if you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Music, if you could go and give us a rating, preferably a five star rating, however, whatever you feel like rating us, if you can give us a good rating, uh, it helps push us up when people like put in into their search on like Spotify. If they put death metal podcast, then it helps push us up in those rankings so that, you know, it becomes easier for other people to uh to, to find us and stuff. I so think we start, I, think, I think we need to start kind of doing this. Like I, I, I watch, I watch, of course, you don't watch YouTube videos. <laughs> and I noticed that the YouTube video guys are now doing it at the beginning of their, of their little you yeah, know, videos. I, I, like, I need to start doing that at the so, beginning, don't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll start throwing this. We'll start, this is probably, you know, we'll start throwing this up uh, at the beginning. You know, I, I was wondering, maybe we should do a pre-recorded one. <laughs> a pre-recorded one that we can always just throw in there every time. Um, you know, please give us likes, please. You know, it, it does help. You know, people are like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing people ask me to like their shit. If I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to listen to it. I don't have to like it. But dude, it shows yeah. appreciation. Of course. And, and you, you want to be thanked. You want, we want to be thanked. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, we enjoy being thanked. I mean, it's nice. Yes. It's nice. 
and you know we we thank you yes we thank you for thanking us <laughs> yes and, and and look we always i thank anyone that listens to this podcast if you take an hour and 27 minutes out of your day to hear me and cam just babble aimlessly about fucking ridiculous shit you know we appreciate it and you know we hope about you job of the huts vagina? yeah about job of the huts vagina uh and and we really we really we really do appreciate it and you know you guys uh that are out there listening religiously and you know have subscribed and stuff it's it's a huge it, it's awesome you know and you know we're coming up on the one year mark and i know after the one year mark you know some things uh, might change a little bit. We know we, we have some formatting changes. We're probably going to get a new uh, intro at some point too. And and that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, so we appreciate it. And uh, uh, Mr. Lee, you got anything else for us? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, like I said, I mentioned uh, really brought dropped in on this one because we just got listening to, or at least I got list, done listening to Pat's uh, interview. I'm really looking forward to more interviews. I am looking forward to that Speckman interview. I'm looking forward to the in- interviews with Eduardo coming up. I'm looking forward to a lot of interviews. Some inter- some interviews maybe redoing. I'm looking forward to actually being a part of some interviews like with with Michael Grimm. Yes. And we could talk about that. We had mentioned that and and on, on a prior episode. And, and I, we have a lot of pre-recorded stuff. So who knows where they're going to drop? Yeah. You know I mean, I, yeah, we, I think we, I've got like a couple in yeah, there that are pre-recorded. Yeah. And, and um, th- we thought we were going to have something else for next week, but we're not. So when you, when you hear this, uh, yeah, some other stuff got bumped off, but it was the it, Cam would just got done listening to Pat and was like, I got some things to say. So, I mean, it, this is, it's cool that it, it, it just, it just works out like this. And we always have stuff that's banked for the future. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it pretty much. Cool. So, Mr. Lee, why don't you take us out with your now infamous tagline number two? All right. So, uh, everybody, aloha, ejos. Jack cereal from Kellogg's, part of your good breakfast. Apple Jacks, 